Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are here today on Is It Just Me with full of all the nonsense chat that you didn't know you needed, but you desperately need from me, Joe Elvin, and him, James Williams. Say hi, James. Hello, everyone. How are you? Hi. And it's blogger, Instagrammer, fitness as F extraordinaire person, Alice Living. Hi. (laughs) Am I saying it's not living, is it? No, it's living. It's the most annoying surname, though. No, it's great because it's your name and it's what you're doing. It's really convenient. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people thought I made it up, which is quite funny, as in like I'd kind of made myself a stage name, but no, <laughs> it's genuinely my name. <laughs> that is, that's really good. It will be um, an unfortunate one, on, you know, on the grim day of your funeral. But, um, <laughs> so. We're starting on a cheery yeah. note. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you can always trust me to go there. I'm really sorry. But I'm just, when I was a kid, I used to have real um, issues. I used to get teased about my surname all the time. And it was like this, it became this thing as a kid that I was really self-conscious about. Really? What's your first name Or Elvin is your surname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I used to get called Elvis a lot. And I used to, I don't know. And because I was a girl and Elvis was a boy, I used to get really upset about that. And then go to my first job where that became my nickname. Everybody called me Elvis. And it got rebranded as something fun. But it's so weird how you can be annoyed about your surname. Or Joe, have, have you never been able to bring yourself to buy a pair of blue suede shoes? Um, funnily enough, isn't that what, what an irony? I think that might be the only pair of shoes I don't own is a pair of blue suede. <laughs> I'm not I'm a big not, fan no, of suede. Very, very hard to maintain. <laughs> and also it's too painful, Joe, too painful. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, the struggle, that, that, that song, Don't Step On My Blue Suede Shoes, that's the problem when you buy any suede. Yeah. You just, you know, want everyone to have a wide berth. It's just too stressful. I'm with the him suede, on that one. The suede shoe struggle is real. Yeah. The suede shoes were made for social distancing. <laughs> they really were. How are you, Alice? How's your lockdown been? That seems to be the new question. I know. Yeah, it's been fine. I have nothing to complain about. And I think, you know, I feel very lucky that I've been able to work a little bit, um, albeit, you know, change from what I usually do, which is in the gym. But, but I've still been able to coach online um, and do a few other bits. So that's been good and it's kept me busy. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I think it's been a really interesting ride. I've definitely had my highs and lows. I mean, as we all have, I'm sure. But um, but no, I feel we're at the, I almost feel weirder now when we're in this time when we're not quite sure what we can do. And, you know, oh, I'm with you. Yeah. going out and eating out and all those kind of things. I mean, if you'd have told me four months ago that I'd be feeling weird about booking a restaurant for dinner. You know, it's just crazy how much things has changed. But um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing really good. Thank you. And what, what's been your typical day? How have you been keeping yourself busy? Well, I've, so early on in the lockdown, I was like, you know, I can't sit around and do nothing. And usually my days are spent at the gym coaching people. Um, so I decided that I was going to take that online. And I thought I'd use my platform to teach 
live workouts, uh, which became hugely popular early on, as I'm sure <laughs> to, to everyone's either either um, love or hate them. But um, but yeah, no, I, I started teaching and, and those were really popular. So um, I ended up doing that Monday to Friday every day um, at 8.30 in the morning. So that kind of started my day in a nice way. And I'm someone who is most productive first thing in the morning. So I feel like it got me up, gave me some structure to my day. Um, but then apart from that, I've, you know, I've been doing lots of things that I don't usually have time to do, which has been so nice. I've been reading loads more and I've read so many books, um, watched series that I just have put on the back burner for so long because I haven't had time to watch them. So all the, all the nice things, but, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting time, but yeah, definitely the, the live classes have kept me going. Now I've done a lot of, um, live classes. I've done a lot of FaceTime workouts and I, I got the most spookily timed best birthday present ever before lockdown in a Peloton bike. So yeah. I've been really, I've been exercising a lot and I don't understand how you guys, I've seen, watched your workouts, I've done your workouts, I've done all the Peloton instructors and nobody ever looks like they have a second where it's a nightmare. <laughs> how do you do it? How do you do it? I think, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that like when you're a PT, I think there's this assumption that you're super, super fit. And like, I am not, you know, if you told me to run a marathon tomorrow, I would not be able to. And there are some things that I'm good at. Like, I think I'm, you know, the, the exercises that I teach in my classes, funnily enough, are things that I'm relatively good at because no one wants to, to look an idiot on, the, <laughs> on their live workouts. But, um, but yeah, I think that's the kind of stuff that I find that I enjoy and that I find relatively easy and that my body is conditioned to. But equally, like if I was teaching, you know, boxing or something else, I would find that really, really hard. And I would definitely look a lot different to how I do in my live workout. So I think it's Jake, I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I've done a lot of cardio now and it never, ever, ever gets any easier. No, do you find that, James? Oh my God, no, it doesn't. And it's funny because, you know, I've been doing like, so I do F45 and it's, it's kind of like hit circuits. I've been doing it now for two years. And the nature of that is they change it up every kind of week. And just when you think, mm -hmm. oh, I'm getting this, they throw some hideous, awful workout in. You're like, holy yeah. shit. But I was going to say, actually, um, Alice, nothing gives me greater joy or reassurance than when, when one of our trainers does uh, the class with us and you see them struggling too, because yes. you're right. I think it's this idea that, you know, all trainers and PTs are superhuman, but, you know, they yeah. do sweat and they, they hate bear crawls and, you know, lunges too. But you guys, but you guys doing these things on video for people like you and <clears throat> keep saying that the Peloton guys, they keep chatting through the whole thing. And I'm like, how the fucking talking? I can't, I, I can't, I'm just gasping for the next breath. Well, don't you remember there was that story a few years ago where Beyonce apparently sings on the treadmill and I'm like, yeah. Jesus Christ, I can barely stand up on the treadmill and run, let alone sing. Oh my God. I could throw up just thinking about that actually. She is superhuman. And also I went to see her in concert and she was literally, there's a video of it actually, and she's singing while running in like perfect pitch. And you're just like, oh my God, it's just not even. I think that's impossible. just trolling at that point, isn't it? That's just sort of like a big middle finger to the rest of us. Yeah. But then again, I used to be in musical theater and we used to have to dance and sing at the same time and still look as though we were, you know, living our best lives. So that, you know, I can understand how people can do it. But, oh my yeah, it's, god! It's not easy. Oh my god! But there's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I think um, <clears throat> there's two things that have kept me relatively, not relatively sane doing all of this. And I think it's my dog, and I have to say, doing exercise because it's just really, it's just a like you said, Alex, it's given me structure. So I'm very much mm -hmm. a get up, go out, do it first thing in the morning. And I think mm. it's really easy when you've got a bit too much time in your hands to let your structure slide. And so, yeah. you know you know, it's something you don't want to do it, turn on the Zoom workout, but it, it gave me that sort of kick up the bum every day, especially on a Monday. I think it's really important to get out and do it on a Monday, just mm. set your store for the week. The thing is as well is that what I've recognized is that people have been able to make it more of a priority during this time because they haven't had their commuting time necessarily. They haven't been as busy with social plans. So they've really recognized that exercise is actually quite a crucial part of their you know, weekly routine. Yeah. And I just hope that that kind of continues as we sort of start to creep back to normal life that people do, and maybe not to the same degree, and I completely respect that, but I still hope that people can recognize how, how good it can make them feel. And I think ultimately what I've noticed during this period is that we've all been in a state of anxiety to, to you know, a greater or lesser degree. And exercise is so helpful, as you, as you kind of said, 
at kind of improving our mental well-being, giving us structure, making us feel as though we're doing something good for ourselves. So it is like that really kind of um, nice thing to slot into your week that you know is kind of a feel-good hour or however long you train for. So I just hope moving forward, you know, people um, just appreciate exercise for more of, you know, how it's made them feel and what it's done for them and that they do sort of prioritise it um, moving forward as, as, as life goes back to normal or relative normality. And what do you recommend for somebody who is, you know, has fallen out of the habit of it or has never really exercised regularly? How do you take the baby steps if you're a bit frightened of it all? Well, that's why I think this time has been really good because I understand and respect that the gym for a lot of people is a really intimidating space and they don't feel confident enough to just step into the gym and think, I know exactly what I'm doing. Um, but also when you go in, I can, I can fully respect that the equipment looks scary. You don't quite know what you're doing with it. Classes can be very cliquey and kind of intimidating too. So actually like this opportunity to be able to train from home has been really good for a lot of people who might not have felt as confident to go to the gym. So um, things like sales of um, activewear have shown a much greater increase in their top sizing. So things from like anything from a 12 and up. That's um, I was speaking to one of my friends and she just said, um, she runs a, an activewear company and she was saying she's just seen people um, in bigger bodies that are that are wanting to embrace exercise and feeling more confident to do so and you know it like makes me it makes me really sad that the gym isn't inviting an inviting space for those people but i think it's really been a time when people have lost the kind of the fear of of going to the gym or having to go to a class and they can just do it in their living room and feel confident with it so i think for someone that hasn't maybe exercised they're not feeling as confident about going back to the gym there's so much you can do as proved through this time from home. Yeah. So there's an amazing app called Fit, which is like live workouts kind of streamed to your, um, to your uh, home, basically. And they have such a variety of really interesting and really good instructors on there. Um, and there's so many sort of apps and live workouts and stuff. So if you're someone that's sort of like, oh, I, you know, I'm a real beginner and I'm not quite sure where to start start in your living room, just start to build confidence with various different movements. You can do it in your pajamas. You don't have to worry about yeah. how you look or who's looking at you and just start to kind of build your confidence from there. And you might get to a point where you're like, I really feel like I've progressed. I feel confident enough now to maybe go to a class or to maybe step onto a gym floor. But I think starting from home is actually a really good place for a lot of people because it just takes away a lot of the anxiety and it means that they can just focus on the exercise that, that they're doing, make sure they're doing things right. You know, they can still be coached by, you know, various different methods, but they can kind of remove the, the, the fear factor. Yeah. And the self-consciousness. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Ah, no, it's been good. Yeah. I feel the fittest I've ever been actually. So I'm, I'm going to miss losing my workout times. That's am yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I think a lot of people, you sort of got two ends of the spectrum. You've got people who really haven't felt up to exercising, which I can completely appreciate. And I think, you know, it, for some people, you, they go one of two ways when they're anxious. They can either go, I don't feel like exercising at all, or I really feel like exercising. But yeah, you've also got the other end of the spectrum where people are coming out of this lockdown saying, I feel the best I've ever felt. Mm. You know, I feel that I've been able to sleep more. I've been able to eat really well. I've been able to exercise a lot. And I think that's great. Mm. Hell, hell yes you, you, you're preaching to the choir here Alice but yeah. I, mean, I think it, it, it's one of those things I, I always said you know I came to exercise relatively late like you know I kind of you know boozed my way through my 20s and I really started thinking about exercising in my early 30s mm -hmm. but um but yeah now it's like it's just become I think if you can stop thinking of it as um a chore and a more of just like in the same way you know you brush your teeth or you 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 do your daily things you're not mad on and like i said don't get me wrong i don't love it when i'm doing it but when i'm done with it i'm like yes you know yeah, it i like the smug feeling afterwards yeah, yeah. Exactly. that's why i do it that's yeah i think the narrative has changed though around exercise you know like if when i think back to when my mom was exercising when i was a kid it was very much it was only ever to lose weight yeah Particularly as a woman it was always supposed to be punishing it was never an enjoyable thing it was like you had to be dripping with sweat and really like you know going for it and i think you know we've definitely seen a massive shift within the fit fitness industry where people are sick of that narrative. They recognize that exercise is far more beneficial in many other different ways. It's not just there to lose weight. We know that there have, are such wide-reaching health benefits, both physically and mentally. And so I think, you know, the narrative has definitely shifted and that kind of old-school mentality of, 
you know, burning calories and, and talking about exercise in quite a negative way is, is yeah. just really old fashioned now. And, and I think people really are embracing it with much more of a positive mindset and, and really finding, wanting to find something that they enjoy as well and that they feel is the best, the thing that works for them rather than thinking, you know, I've got to run or I've got to, you know, be sweating it out on a treadmill at the gym. Yeah. So yeah, true. Very so true. yes, well, that's really inspiring. And um, I think now it might be time to tackle the real issues <laughs> of yeah. the day. What do you think? Yeah. Very ready to go. Okay, let's do this. Okay, so first up this week, Alice and Joe. Now, bearing in mind what we just said, which is all great, <laughs> and Alice, don't hate me, but personally, <laughs> is it just me who basically never wants to do another Zoom workout ever again? Now, hear me out on this one. I hear everything you just said, Alice. It has been brilliant. It has been a godsend for me. But like I said, of the things I've missed the most, I think weirdly, you know, even seeing friends and family on FaceTime is fine. But for me, I think because of the way I exercise, it is class-based. I've mm. really missed that in person, looking around a room and mm. <laughs> seeing other people suffering as much as I am. Mm. And so I find that's the real motivation for me. And don't get me wrong, I think it's been great. And I do actually think, um, going back to the point you made earlier, it's, it's great for people, I think, who haven't really exercised before. Because the other thing that a friend of mine said was brilliant about, they got into Zoom exercising because they realised they could turn their camera off. I think yeah. people actually thought you had to be visible on these workouts. And again, that's, it's all about fear, isn't it? And yeah. they, realized they could join a workout, follow the class, but no one needed to just see what they were doing. So I totally get it. It's been brilliant. And like I said, it has been for me. But for now, I'm just so ready to get back in and just do the, the in-person workout. And as much as I love Zoom, and obviously we owe a lot to Zoom, we're bringing this podcast to you by the power of Zoom today. Um, yeah, I want to park it from exercise. No more Zoom quizzes and no more Zoom workouts. What do you think? And I'm so with you in it for me personally, because I like part of my whole approach to exercise is, you know, one of the key pillars of that is the community and the feeling of being in a space that makes me feel empowered. So when I think back to like when I first went to the gym for the very first time to lift weight, I remember walking into the weight section as a woman and just being like, oh my God, this feels amazing. I'm really like, I'm going to go for it. And I don't care who looks at me. And I still feel like that. You know, when I'm like deadlifting a heavy weight, I still, I look around and I'm like, yeah, I feel good. Like, I, you know, it's a, it's a, like a, it's, it's a really empowering space for me. So I miss doing that. And I also love classes and I miss the community aspect of fitness. Like the feeling of not just, um, not just going for yourself, but going because the social aspect is also a boost, you know, the feeling of other people around you being really high energy, being coached by someone that's of a really high energy. Like that is, that is why people love classes. They go for that buzz. So I'm, I am with you, but I'm going to on the flip side, say that I think for a lot of people, the fear factor of gyms, and that's not just in terms of being self-conscious, I think that's also COVID related too, is going to be huge for a long, long time. I think we'll see. What, I mean, what about just the old fashioned gross factor? Like, <laughs> what, about, what about things like, you know, wiping other people's sweat off machinery yeah. and the time I went into the changing room and there was a, a much older woman sitting stark naked eating a sandwich on the bench in the changing room and the people who bend over so you can see what they've had for lunch in the changing room and the, the, the yoga class I went to where the instructor insisted we all hug a, a sweaty stranger at the end. Um, so I, I don't think it's all bad to be in your own space. No, <laughs> your own no thing. I agree. Yeah. I actually yeah. agree. And I think, you know, I can, I can see, I mean, I don't mind that about the gym. I kind of think it's a bit of a leveler, you know, when you see anyone and everyone naked on the gym, on the, in the change room, sorry. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Like you can see that there are loads of different bodies. Oh, no, and no, no. I'm a, I, I run there in a towel and sort of contort <laughs> myself. So that, I mean, I just, for the benefit of everybody else, nobody else needs to see that. So, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I, I, I do not mind. I'm sort of, I mean, because I think that's something that I was taught when I used to be in theatre. Like, I would just have to learn to be comfortable being naked in front of anyone and everyone backstage. So I kind of have lost all my inhibitions. But um, were you were you doing pornos? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it might as well have been backstage. We, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Tell us more um, about this because I wasn't expecting this. 
but 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 going back to the gym, I I agree with you that they're not the cleanest of spaces, but I am confident that every gym out there who's desperate to open will be stepping up their game in terms of hygiene oh, yeah. which I think is needed anyway like you know <laughs> as you said gyms aren't the aren't the nicest of places when you've got people sweat everywhere and whatever but yeah I, I hope that you know for me it's like I just don't want that industry to be impacted any more than it already no, has. No I know. I'm just really yeah. hoping that people do want to go back and I understand not everyone but I hope a lot of people will. I do, I, I do love my gym I miss my gym I miss um, as much as I've been loving the workouts I do at home I I you know I don't have the money or the space for the deadlift equipment and stuff yeah. and, I, and I'm, I'm missing all of that yeah. yeah. It's interesting though, because I think you assume everyone thinks the same as you and your friends. And I think for me, because, you know, everyone I know, uh, without exception, pretty much, could not wait to get their hair done and cannot wait to get back in the gym. Those are the mm -hmm. two things I've really struggled with. And it was interesting. I had my hair cut a few days ago and I was sat there talking to my hairdresser. And, you know, again, you just think the world and his wife and you've read all those headlines and you know, people have got waiting lists for three months. And he said to me, no, half of his client list are still really wary about coming into yeah. Central London, about going into a salon. They're mm. all saying they're going more locally. And it's interesting, because I assume that everyone's the same about the gym, but I think maybe what Joe said, there are some people that will be put off. I mean, I certainly know from my uh, my specific gym, I mean, we've been doing a lot of, once we were allowed, we've been doing a lot more outside boot camps mm -hmm. and even in the outside space, you know, we've been wiping down all the equipment, sanitizing, not actually using very much equipment or sharing equipment. And I think that's going to be reflected when we go back inside when we're allowed in a few weeks time. And I yeah. think actually, Alice, it's a bit like, um, I think it was Lorraine Kelly that said, you know, if there's one thing that COVID can teach us, if it gets the country washing their hands after going to the loo, because a number of times I've been in a men's toilet and seen so many men just walk straight out there washing their yeah. hands. But actually, I think you're right. I think if it's one thing, I think it's actually going to make the gyms really clean up their acts quite literally and i certainly feel quite confident in what my gym has done already and i think that will continue because i think people yeah. really want to go back and they realize if you if you want to make it work you've got to now do this this and this you know there's going to be yeah. a load of practice but it is it's, it's scary because i think your, your industry has been one of the ones that's been huge it's one of the last to reopen right apart from theater yeah. it's the last ones and it's interesting because like I think what it has done is it shifted a lot of stuff online, which actually some trainers prefer. So some trainers yeah. actually are doing better. I saw an article in The Guardian, I think it was, that said there are some trainers who are doing better um, by being able to do online training. So just sending out programs and working remotely, then they would be able to see people back to back on the gym floor. Because also you, you guys must have things about clients that you absolutely hate that drive you crazy i mean sometimes at my gym it's it's one-on-one -on -one training and and they're sort of like they're stretching me out and i think i'm always so think you must i am absolutely drenched in sweat right now how can you stand to want to be anywhere near me it's stuff like that i just think that must hate us for some things I've definitely had clients that are more problematic than others that's <laughs> been really diplomatic but um but at the same time, I actually, I have never not really liked a client of mine. And I think, you know, I'm a big believer in PTs being a lot more than just their kind of the physical but, stuff. So my what, just generally, what would you say is, is something annoying that people do that trainers hate? Uh, cancel last minute. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Time. That is literally my, that's the number one thing. And, and I get it a lot. And it's so frustrating because you know when you line people up in you know you, you have a 7 a.m 8 a.m 9 a.m whatever if your middle one cancels or what for whatever reason you know it's so frustrating but um outside of that i would say um i've definitely had people that love to chat and i do but like you're also kind of like you're paying me for a session and we've literally yeah. done an exercise in an hour because you're just like <laughs> but, yeah. but that's not it's not bad because i'm you know i could talk for england anyway but um but yeah that's sometimes a bit frustrating but it's, um, somebody was saying to me the other day they actually do think the new um, modus operandi for loads of businesses now means that the whole and this is a different kind of cancelling culture but I'm, I'm literally talking about people who literally cancel last minute they think mm -hmm. that that's going to be a new learning curve because so many now businesses can't operate at the same capacity they were right. the appointment is now really key so actually there's going to be much steeper fines implemented for people not turning up so it actually might 
kill off that flakiness of people yeah. not turning up last minute. Yeah. I think that's a good thing, actually, because, you know, it, it, it's happened uh, in, in some sort of restaurants I know now. They, they basically, if you cancel last minute or a no-show, they can charge you. For yeah. Because... Did you see Tom Carriage wrote about that yesterday? Oh, no, he what did he 28 say? 28 covers not show up for, for dinner at his restaurant in, in uh, the Corinthia last night. And he that's so bad. So bad. He put out this massive rant and just said, like, this is this is awful. And um, yeah, sorry, way off topic. But I just no, think- no, no, but it's, no. it's true, though, because it's like, you know, and then other people who really wanted to go. Exactly. People do, people do it to the NHS all the time. Oh, this yeah. is the thing. Like, yeah. and I think it's, it's just so like, I, I don't know whether it's a, uh, I, I don't know what it is within me. But like, I even if I'm running like five minutes late, I'll ring the restaurant and be like, hi, I'm running five yeah, minutes late. Yeah, same, because I don't want them to give away the table. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. But I would never think to just not show up. It's just not within me. Yeah. But yeah, I, would, I, I really feel for restaurants and things like that right now. Yeah, but also, I mean, without making excuses for people, you know, I can understand if you, you know, cancelling possibly an exercise class in the morning, if you've had an impromptu bad night out, you're hung over to hell. Yeah. Fair enough, but not fair enough. It's, it's still not right, but you can understand. But I don't understand the logic of somebody literally just not being a show for a dinner at seven or eight o'clock in the evening. That's bizarre. Yeah. It's, oh, it's just rude, basically. It is, yeah, it is, unfortunately. But, you know, hopefully... <sighs> And that's, and that's the final word on that. Absolutely. Strong, yeah. op- strong opinion. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, guys, if you are loving or hating what you're hearing, we do love to hear from you. So do send us an email. Um, we are always on the email address. Is it just me podcast at gmail.com? I just think about that for a second. Woo-hoo, awesome. You did it though. You did um, it. Yes. Do send us your thoughts, your opinions. We love to hear them and we'll give you a shout out on a future show. So yes, drop us an email. Is it just me podcast at gmail.com? Is it just me who um, needs to stop apologizing for the way I look? I mean. <laughs> I apologize to you when I logged on this morning. <laughs> I know. And the thing yeah. is, I think maybe it's a, I don't know, Joe. You, maybe you can comment on this, but is it a woman, is it a female thing? Are Definitely. we at it? Yeah. This is the thing. And, and, and I recognize, I, I'm reading this really good book at the moment by Florence Given called, um, oh God, what is it called? I'm going to forget now. Two seconds, I'm going to get it. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. I'm going to start that again. I'm reading this amazing book at the moment called um, Women Don't Owe You Pretty by Florence. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. It's so good. That's very good news for me. (laughs) What it is teaching me is I am the worst like for for doing these things, like being like, oh, sorry, I don't look my best today. I've got no makeup on. And just apologizing for things that ultimately are completely normal. And, you know, just like worrying about my appearance way more than I should. And, and it's, it, it makes you think about the energy that that takes up within um, your head, like thinking oh, yeah. about these kind of things. But then also the impression that gives to the people that you walk into the room with. Um, like it was um, Gina Martin who um, wrote about, you know, she, she, she used to dress to impress the people that she was going into meetings with. And she, when she started to dress in her own way, and like she was still, I guess, relatively smart, but dressed in her own way, she was like, it just completely changed my mindset about, you know, how I walk into meetings and, and that I don't need to fit their space. I need to be my own person. And yeah. I think, yeah, I, I definitely need to stop apologizing so much. I think that all women do it to an extent. Um, even some of the prettiest women I know have that sort of thing. And in fact, maybe it's, it's, it's worse when you are um, genetically blessed in that way, I guess, because then there's this expectation upon you that to always look a certain way. And it's true. I mean, I got bullied um, a lot as a teenager. Um, and a lot of that was was about the way I looked. And it's a really, really difficult message to rewind in your own head. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, and I think that, especially when I chose the career I did, and I ended up running a fashion magazine, I always used to feel like, oh, I hope I, I look like people expect a magazine editor to look, but you can, also you can't help the way you look. So it's like, a, it's a really sort of like weird, as you say, the energy it takes up in your head is yeah. just incredible. Yeah. And also like, what does a magazine editor look like? Do you know yeah, what I, mean? I used to love, I, I, Alex Shulman, when she was the editor of Vogue said, you know, she was, um, she was a really attractive woman, but not stick thin. 
And she she had the same thing and she was, you know, people used to say, oh, you know, you don't look like an editor of Vogue. And she used to say, well, this is what the, I am the editor of Vogue. So this is what the editor of Vogue looks like. Mm. And I found that kind of, you know, quite, um, what's the word for me? Just sort of like just a, a bit freeing for me. It's like, yeah, this is what the editor of Glamour looks like. So it's yeah, weird, isn't it? It's funny, Lucy, because I, I always think it's, um, it's a sort of cultural thing as well. I really do think that British people in particular are very bad at like, obviously, you know, sort of putting ourselves out there. And I think we have this knee jerk need to sort of take the piss out of ourselves before somebody else does. You know, yeah. so it's almost like a protective thing. You almost apologize for not being correctly dressed or for not looking your best before you're worried that somebody says, oh, what, what have you gone today? Or yeah. who have you come as? We, we feel this need to get the punchline in ourselves rather than be the butt of somebody else's joke. And I think one of the one of the most powerful things I learned when I was having therapy was how to take a compliment and how how rude it can be. Because I used to be that person. If somebody would keep paying me a compliment, I would instantly bat it away and almost like, oh, stop taking the piss or fuck off. Like literally, that was how I would treat a compliment. And in my therapist, like you said to me, do you have any idea how rude that is? Listen back. To <laughs> and somebody has said something very nice to you, and you're saying fuck off, or are you taking the piss? That's not how you would normally, if, yeah, how would you feel if you said that to somebody else? And it was a real like moment of going, oh my God, yeah, you're so right, you know? And, and there's something to be said for, oh, A, to stop apologizing initially, but also to start owning the compliment when you're, it's given to you. And, it, and it, there's, there's nothing egotistical about saying, thank you very much. Mm. You know, it's not like, it's not, I think in our heads, we, when we accept a compliment, we think, yeah, my shit don't stink, I'm amazing. No, you're just, politely accepting what somebody's very nicely said to you. But it's funny, isn't it? Because I will go and walk the dog and, you know, and run around here locally with no makeup on and sort of like run out of the house for a pint of milk or whatever. But I would, I, I still would feel like I was not, um, I, I would feel like I was failing in some way if I went to a meeting with no makeup on or do you know what I mean and I think where does that come from but I, I, I can't imagine I would ever go to a meeting without wearing makeup do you know what I mean I think I think it's a number of things I think the patriarchy yeah <laughs> completely god damn it James what have you got to say for that <laughs> well it's all on me this one it's all yeah. on me just say sorry, it's fine. Yeah, no, I'm sorry for sex. No, no. But the, but the joke is, I mean, I think, I think more like I think because I've worked with women for such a long time. I mean, I'm the same. Like, you know, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I, I, I had a moment today of thinking. I just come back from a work and I thought, oh, it's Alice. She'll forgive me for looking sweaty, disgusting. I won't bother showering for. Her. And I thought, no, that's really rude. So I'm going to get showered and do my hair. Yeah. And Screw Joe. I don't care what she thinks. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's yeah. But you know, but and I think that's what it is. I don't think it's about pleasing people. I think mm -hmm. it's about putting on your armor. I think it's yeah. about getting yourself ready to face the day or to do that meeting. And I, and I don't think putting your makeup on, Joe, for you is about pleasing men. You don't put you don't dress for men. You don't put your makeup on for men. I think you put it on. For no, you. I don't. But it, honestly, in the environment I work in, if I turned up like un, you know, without my armor, as you say, I think I probably somebody would pull me aside and say, are you all right? <laughs> just yeah. Think, yeah. Honestly, I, it would be like, oh, do you think she's losing it a bit? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think as well, there's another dimension to this, which I think is not helped by social media because I think we all are very now used to very perfect images and very, even myself, like the pictures that I post on social media, I've always got makeup on and I'm- Oh, perfect. I'm looking good. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and and then if you see someone in real life and you don't, and I get this, if I see someone in real life and I'm looking like, you know, like I am today or looking, you know, not my best, which, you know, whatever that is, I feel like I need to be like, oh God, sorry. I'm like, you know, there's, there's definitely a complex within me that's like, I'm not living up to that, that perfect. Well, a, a lot of people um, on Instagram sort of question me and pull me up in a, in a sense that I, you know, I cut my head off in a lot of my pictures. Yeah. Um, and I think that's all to do with this. I feel that, you know, it's like my, I always joke, as James said, getting the joke in before anyone else does, that my head doesn't go with any of my outfits. <laughs> so, and that's, but it's true. I, I hardly ever put pictures of my face on 
social media. Um, uh, I've, I've noticed there's a few more creeping in, Joe, which is good. Because I think what you, you said is right. There's a lot, it takes a lot to unpick this way of thinking. We, I hate to say it, but for however old we are, if you think that way, you've mm. been thinking it a long, long time. So yeah. we need to unpick it and we've got to start owning ourselves and, you know, stop apologising and being our bigger cheerleader but it it does take time you can't suddenly overnight park all those neuroses and insecurities yeah I think the narrative of like self-love at the moment, it makes it seem as though it's really easy to suddenly overnight just look in the mirror and be like, oh my God, I love myself. <laughs> but it's yeah. really so not that easy. And I think, you know, I mean, I, I, I love um, Jamila Jamil. I think she does an enormous amount of positive mm. activism and I, you know, she's a mate. And, uh, but I don't know, it's slightly different having Jamila sort of saying, I don't, I don't airbrush, I don't, it's like, look at Jamila, <laughs> it's like, and I know that she doesn't particularly rate her beauty. I, you know, she, per, I, I think she doesn't see it the same way I do because she went through a lot of the same things in high school, sort of like got bullied and, you know, was made to feel like her appearance was wrong because of, I don't know whether it's because of her race or her weight at the time or whatever, but she is clearly so stunning. And even she has that, that insecurity. But, um, and I just feel like my feed is full of people saying, love yourself, love yourself, who, if I look like them, I would totally love myself. Yeah, but I've always said this, the one filter I wish they could invent is the filter that makes you see yourself the way all of your friends and family see you. And that's you the think? problem. Yeah, because yeah. that's the problem. We, we can't ever totally look at ourselves objectively and we can't yeah. look at ourselves the way other people do. And that's the problem. And I really admire people who actually are, can, but I think, they're few and far between. I think most people have, you know, we've talked about this before, you know, you will say things to yourself you would never dream of saying to other yeah. people. Even us, we're far too outspoken and opinionated, but it, I would never speak to another person the way I sometimes speak to myself internally, you know? And yeah, I think, um, you know. But I think I, it starts young. I think this is a something oh, totally. that, like, you know, like our, our behaviours are passed down from our parents who, you know, existed in a different time and where, you know, there were other social norms that were put onto them. But, you know, I think that for me, it's definitely something that when I have children, I want to make sure that I speak to them in a really positive way about, you know, their appearance and about body image and weight and all these kind of things. Because I know from my childhood, you know, that was something that I definitely, you know, either consciously or subconsciously put things onto me or expectations onto me that I felt I then had to, you know, I felt like life was better if you were thin and all these, like all these yeah. kind of, beliefs that we have but, but you know what Alice as as the mother of a daughter and, and now a teenage daughter it's it's so funny I, I I mean I and I am totally with you and it's all about complimenting more than the way people look and about you know mm -hmm. but I completely stupidly forgot that it's there's a whole world I'm one person I can yeah. say this and I can act this way and I've really noticed it um you know when she was younger we'd be out with friends and all my girlfriends would be um, looking through a celebrity magazine and dissecting the bodies of everybody in the magazine in front of your daughter and you and you realize there's just so many influences that you've got no control over it's so it's you know I it's, think it's unravelable yeah, yeah for me it's been about learning to not just accept that like I think teaching yeah I've had, I've had to teach myself critical thinking and had to teach myself that like the things that I read in magazines aren't always, you know, how I should believe to be. And, and just learning to be a little bit more, um, learning to just question things a little bit more. Like, why should I do that? Why am I believing that I feel this yeah. way? Why, you know, that, that, that for me is the starting point. And then, you know, I might still then feel like I want to do X, Y, or Z, but questioning it is the first, is the first kind of hurdle, I think. And if you can start to do that a little bit more, then, um, you know, even just questioning like why I feel like I need to wear makeup. And like picking yeah. up a bit, you know, it's like you just start to understand. And I could still then wear makeup because it's my choice. But if I understand that I'm not doing it for other people, you know, or not doing it to impress other people, doing it for myself, whatever. It's, it's absolutely fascinating, isn't it? What, what's the name of that book again? Oh, it's amazing. I honestly, I would yeah. recommend it to anyone. It's called um, Women Don't Owe You Pretty by Florence Given. Right. It's a real like feminist manifesto. But yeah, I. I ironically, I, a very pretty cover. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm so happy that she didn't have herself on the cover, which I think is good. But um, like, can I read you one second? Listen to the chapters within it. It's. I mean, I'll be really quick. But That's the right. first few chapters are 
feminism is going to ruin, ruin your life in the best way possible. And then she's like, you are the love of your own life, how to break up with yourself, protect your energy. Maybe it's a girl crush. Maybe you're queer. Like there's so, it's so like interesting. God, I want to read this book. Yeah. <laughs> well, it does sound like it is useful for everyone. Yeah, yeah. it really does. Yeah. Oh, that's oh. brilliant. God, that's so interesting. That's, I mean, that is, you know, that's a year's conversation that. It really yeah. is. I think, well, I think, you know, the fact that all three of us feel, and I'm sure people are listening, but you know, all we can say is be good to yourselves, people. Be nice yeah. Every day, try to be a bit nicer to yourself and stop apologizing quite so much. For, and also, know. if you do think we're pretty, you can tell us. We would like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, compliments are always <laughs> great to be on the show. It's a fantastic place, and it's Is It Just Me podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Right, Alice Living, James Williams. Is it just me who thinks that lockdown has killed FOMO once and for all? Fear of missing out, fear of not going out, fear. I, I don't know. I mean, I never, I never really had FOMO. I, um, I, I had FOGO, fear of going out. Um, <laughs> I, I love, my husband does not love lockdown. I've kind of really loved lockdown and I'm going to miss it. I feel like I'm going to need to have a memorial service, some sort of closure, some sort of like, you know, thanking lockdown for what it's given me but as i don't know i just feel like there's even like friends now that we can see there's there is that slight hesitation that was like i don't know we were t- we tapped on, talked about it before but I it, i've been out once and it, it was fine but it didn't i didn't sob with joy the way i thought i would, How would yeah you feel? it's a weird mindset isn't it because like I I am sort of in the space where I'm like, I, I kind of want to go out and I've like booked a dinner for next week. But I definitely, even prior to this, was the kind of person who preferred staying in rather than going out most of the time anyway. So lockdown suited me just fine. I think, you know, it's like, I I don't really envy other people in that sense. Like I don't have FOMO of, of a lot of things, but I do have, I do miss, just general social interactions. Like I miss being able to hug people and be able to just yeah. like have a chat with someone face to face. Like those are the things I really miss. But um, I think it's definitely as well, like gonna save me a lot of money. Cause I realized that I feel like, <laughs> like loads yeah. of ways I don't need to go to everything and I don't need to, you know, eat out at restaurants all the time. Cause I can make loads of that stuff from like, I've been cooking loads and yeah, I think I'll, I'll definitely save myself a few pennies. But um, yeah, I'm sort of stuck in the middle phase where I'm like a bit of one and a bit of, bit of the other. See, social media makes me that ridiculous person who I don't want to go out, but if I see something that I wasn't invited to that everybody else was, then I get really annoyed. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But see, this is, what, this is what I have loved about lockdown. I, I, for me, lockdown kind of killed my FOMO because I, I was that person. I think I'm now in that point of life where, is it Jomo, the joy of missing out? I was almost like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, certainly on a Monday night, you could not get me anywhere but my sofa doing laundry. But even then it was creeping into like Friday and Saturdays, I'd be sat at home 
with just me and the dog on the sofa. And then, you know, you'd go on the dreaded social media and you'd see all these people out there living their best lives, going to these concerts or doing this, that and the other. And I would have a moment of going, you're such a loser. Doing that thing again of being really <laughs> horrible to myself. But, you know, going, you're such a loser, you're sat here, you should be out there meeting people, living your best life. And then, of course, lockdown happened and it just leveled the playing field because suddenly you, mm-hmm. you, you hit that old thing would creep in. You're like, well, I've got no plans tonight. Oh, no one has. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was kind of quite good. But I, I, I do now worry because going back to what you were saying about Alice earlier about your, some of the habits you're hoping you'll keep up post lockdown or in the new normal, however you want to call it. I did feel like I got to a point in it and I was like, right, when we're allowed to, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be saying yes to everything. I'm going to be, you know, not being like sh- shutting down, like amazing, like invites to go and do things. I'm going to really appreciate having a social life again. And that's lasted all about a week. <laughs> and already now I'm like, no, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to stay on a Saturday night. You know, it's awful, isn't it? How I'm yeah. already like, for all these plans I had to be this social wild animal, I'm like, nah. But do you think, do you think like, and I, I care less now that I'm not really wild and partying. It just doesn't bother me that much. I'm like, that's not my thing, you know? And I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah. But like, I definitely... Yeah, I think it's different for single people. I don't know if you find this, James. I know a lot of, a lot of my single friends feel like they've had six months of opportunities to meet somebody robbed. And, you know, I've, I, I think if I was single, I would have definitely been feeling like that. I'll see again on the flip side that I love it. Because if somebody said to me, why are you still single? Well, I haven't been allowed to meet anyone for six months. (laughs) The inbuilt excuse rather than I can't be asked to go out there and meet anyone, which is is the truth, actually. I'll tell Uh, you what, though. I've I've gone past many an outdoor first date and just like having to be that exposed on a first date just gives me shivers. Oh, no. How can you tell, though? I think I'm missing the chip that helps me to observe that. You can always tell. Like, I was on a walk the other day and there's, like, these two people just, like, walked up to each other unsurely, sort of, like, looking at them, like, is that the person in the profile? And I was like, oh. (laughs) I can't imagine anything worse. I know a few people that did the lockdown dating. You know, they were doing the Zoom dates. I mean, I I doff my cap to you just just to do that alone because the people doing the Zoom dates, but then I know people actually then, even when the restrictions were still quite, you know, you were allowed out for an hour's exercise. And of course, people were doing this thing where they were timing it all wrong. So they'd go for like daytime meets from a distance. It is weird because obviously you can't hug, you can't kiss. Even if you, if you fancy them, you can't do anything. But then also it's a bit like, oh, you, you know, there's no inbuilt excuse to wrap it up because normally you'd have like a dinner and it would naturally flow into... Oh yeah. my God, this just sounds, I mean, no. yeah. yeah. I mean, dating, yeah. dating doing these new, yeah, it's all a bit weird. But I mean, it is funny. The one thing, I, I'm trying to not be that weird militant person and I'm all for, you know, people getting back out there and enjoying life again and embracing it. But, you know, I, and I do get that people are forgetting you know because we're not supposed to be touching and hugging and getting too close to people but and i get it especially now with booze in the equation but i have noticed now with my social media it's creeping in more and more where i feel like people are really not only breaking and fighting the rules they're actually putting a picture that blatantly shows them fighting the rules and I'm yeah like, i get it we're all human but do you not can you not see you're asking I know, but I just think when you've got a government who keeps changing the goalposts and where the government do what the hell they like and one minute you must all stay in because we're all going to die and the next minute, no, go go back to work, it's all fine. I just think I completely see why people are saying, well, fuck it, I really can. (laughs) I I completely pinpoint that change and that shift to the Dominic Cummings gate. Um, Following that, I felt a complete shift in people where they were like, well, if he's not following the rules, why the hell should I? And it was at that crucial point where people were just starting to feel really frustrated with their situation. And I'm afraid I wouldn't put it past them to have calculated that whole thing. Yeah, I think that's yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, Conspiracy theory. <laughs> uh, slightly, yeah, because I, I, I don't think he operates by accident. And, I, you know, I don't know. But, yeah, just, I, just my opinion. I That's definitely think the Ooh. I think the lack of I think the lack of firm um, guidelines definitely was because they knew that was in the offing and that was in the brewing and they knew yeah. that they'd been really stringent and said you can't travel for because what I've always been shocked by uh, is how we've just been allowed to travel in England as far as we like whereas in Wales where my mum and dad are they weren't allowed to travel further than five miles from where they mm. live that that would have avoided all of that crap happening at the beach because nobody would have been able, that many people wouldn't be able to go to the beach legally. And yeah. I definitely believe that's so weird that it was in Scotland, England and Wales. We didn't have it in England. And I'm with you, Joe. I would not be surprised if it's because they knew the Dominic Cummings thing would have come back to bite them on the yeah. ass. Yeah. 
<laughs> even little things like in Ireland, you can only be in the pub for maximum of an hour and a half. Yeah. So like that's kind of limited in how much people can drink within that space. Whereas like here, it's like unlimited pubs are going to open at 6 a.m. in the morning. It's just, yeah. Well, it's completely farcical what we've seen over the weekend with, you know, you can get your beard trimmed, but not your eyebrows. I mean, what the hell is that? So, yeah. you know, yeah. so I completely see why people, I feel like I don't understand the rules and mm. I'll just try and exercise my common sense as much as I can. But, um, yeah. <laughs> What I, well, can I just say, what I love about this show is we start talking about FOMO, we end up in a very heated political debate. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, the only thing I've got FOMO of is people getting getting their beauty appointments in. That's what I've got FOMO of. People getting their hair done, people getting their nails done now today as well. I'm like, I am. Yeah, I'm ready for that. I want a massage. That's exactly what I Am want. I allowed to have a massage? I don't even know. I think I the know. massage is, um, is operating now. Yeah, you can. They are, although Elizabeth Day wrote about that in my magazine and then someone who was a beautician was furious, which I understand because she can't open her salon. And I was like, well, I'm sorry, I'm not making it up. They're, they're doing appointments, but yeah, I yeah, know. It would be nice to have a massage. Wouldn't after it? All Zoom, after all these I mean, Zoom that's work. a real first world thing to say, but still. <laughs> hey. I've been exercising a lot, Alice. I need it. I'm with you. I, I'm second in the queue behind you. Honestly, I'm desperate for them. Third my, here. My, my Peloton name is Sore Bum Cheeks. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. On that lovely, lovely note. Yeah. On that bum note. They are um, really sore, my bum cheeks. The sorest in the land. You're not letting this yeah. one go, Alvin. You really yeah. want everyone to know. I do want everyone to know. I want to, because you can't see the pain, but I want you to know it's there. Yeah. With the massage, that's slightly odd, odd if they're going to uh, ease your bum cheek soreness. Have you never had your bum cheeks massaged? It's great. Depends how far. <laughs> I mean, this is a whole other conversation. In some of the finest reputable spas in the land, I'll have you know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole breakup episode, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm with you, Joe. You, you, so much tension in your bum cheeks. Oh, believe me, mate. Yeah. Alice is like, what the hell are you two talking about? <laughs> like a ball under there. Yeah. Tennis ball, yes. Yeah. You can get a tennis ball. Lovely, lovely to see you and oh, talk to you always. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you on the gram. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, we've loved following. having you. Thank you. If you're not following Alice already, go check her out on Instagram. Her, yeah, she's fantastic. She's a true inspiration. She's lovely as well. So, thank, thank you so you, much. Alice. Have a great see day. See you later. Have a good day. Bye. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.